Welcome. The parish is a church community in Alpharetta, Georgia, practicing the way of Jesus for the sake of others. Talks like these are just one part of how we gather to be deeply reshaped by Jesus. So we invite you to join us any Sunday morning for a full church gathering. You can find more information or contact us by visiting our website at parishanglican.org. And we're going to continue on this morning with a scripture reading from the book of Romans. And I believe one Patrick Nelson is reading this. Is that correct? Yes? All right. Patrick Nelson's going to read from us, uh, read for us from Romans chapter 6. So what we do so what do we do? Keep sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left our old country of sin behind. We came up out of the water. We entered a new country of grace and a new life and in a new land. That is what baptism into life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we, when we are raised up out of the water, it is just like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Can it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin, miserable life, no longer captive and to sin's demands. We can bring, we can believe this if we get, if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death. We can also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that death as an end Never again, never again will death have the last word when Jesus died. He took the sin down with him, but alive he brings God down for us. From now on, think of, this, think of it this way. Sin speaks of a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks as your mother's tongue and hangs every word you are dead to sin and alive to god that's what jesus did this is god's word for you thanks for your job patrick thank you well done man you can read scripture every week that was great thank you thank you hey i've got a baptism joke for you This is Peter's joke. It's not my joke, but it's so good that we cannot move on until I tell it, okay? So brace yourselves for this. Uh, You know, John the Baptist, uh, he would baptize people, warning them of the need to repent. 
and he did this at the Jordan. And so he was the first Jordan Warner. Ah! Oh, it's so bad. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. That is all Peter, Peter's joke. But I couldn't move on until I shared it. Oh, goodness. I can't wait to say that again in the second service. You can stick around if you want to hear it again in the second service. All right, good. Uh, well, hey, I do want to just reemphasize the Who is My Neighbor class is something we've been talking about actually since before the pandemic, and then we came back to it again on the other side of all of this. And uh, it just feels really important right now that we be people who are peacemakers, that we reach out beyond the divided world. We had a chance, uh, I think six of us from our community, to break fast uh, during Ramadan with our friends from the Turkish Cultural Center across the street. And that was uh, this last week, and I just had this just reminder that we share so much in common as humans, that God is at work in every story, and that all souls matter to him, and we get to draw near as people uh, filled with resurrection life, and so I'm excited for that time. All right, let me share a couple words before we come to baptism, uh, just to set the tone and to frame the context for uh, what we are about to do. So uh, our good friend Robert Mulholland, who is a uh, professor uh, of theology, I say he's our good friend, I just love him a lot, uh, but he says this, he says there are two ways of being in the world, two ways of being in the world. There is life in my power, there is life in God's power. There is life in Christ's kingdom, there is life in my kingdom. There is life in the false self, or there is life in the Christ self. And at his resurrection, we've been talking about this, Jesus relegated the old way, the old animating force of sin. This is what Patrick was just reading for us. Jesus relegated that old way to an old age where it no longer gets the first or final word. And our task then is to stop resurrecting that old way, right? It sounds so obvious, and yet it's so very difficult, right? We keep reanimating, we keep resuscitating, we keep giving CPR to this old way of life that we are invited to leave behind. And so as we follow Jesus, we are invited to take ourselves out of the center and begin responding to the center. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's this ongoing choice to join in Christ's crucifixion. Paul says, for I have been crucified with Christ, and my alienated from God's self no longer lives, but Christ, who is the hope of glory, lives in me. And so Jesus is increasingly remaking us through the power of the Holy Spirit into new creations, both us and all the world, and the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Resurrection life is what we're invited to live in. And so how do we do that practically? How do we make a move from that old way of life into a new way of life, from the self-referenced, self-reliant, self-obsessed life into a Christ-centered life? Uh, we get some clues from the seasons that we have just walked in. One of the reasons I love retelling the story through the church calendar every year is it reminds us of the actual pattern and nature of discipleship itself. And so at Epiphany, we see the blinding light of Jesus, and we are reminded that Christ shines on us. We have this awakening, this awareness that God is real and that we are drawn to follow just as the wise men followed after the star right? And then we move into uh, later in the season of Epiphany, and we see Jesus' baptism, 
the first word spoken over Jesus, you are my beloved child whom I love with you, I am well pleased. But then Jesus is immediately, and this is what we were calling Lent, driven into the wilderness and tempted to act out of lesser identities than that identity that was just proclaimed over him. Right? One of the things that's happening here when we come to baptism is the proclaiming of an identity. You are God's beloved child who he loves. He is well pleased with you. And we remind ourselves that we hear that call in the midst of a wilderness world where there are all kinds of voices telling us lesser identities, lesser good news. And, uh, and so that's what we recall in Lent. And the contrast to these two ways of being, those two voices of identity, get even more pronounced as we get closer to Easter. And so at Palm Sunday, what you have is Pontius Pilate. He's riding into Jerusalem from the west. He's riding a war horse. He is going through the front gate of Jerusalem with military might. And then you have Jesus. He's coming from the east. He's riding on a donkey. He's coming through the back gate. He's showing this low, meek, mild way that is not power over, but rather sacrifice for. And we all know that that confrontation, that clashing of two kingdoms comes to a head at Good Friday. The world can't handle that, right? In some ways, Jesus is killed for just being human, a human that is, that is uh, not needing to prove himself. We don't even know what to do with that. And so it scares us, right? Uh, among other, other things, of course, that Jesus was also killed for. But then we get to Easter. And at Easter, Jesus rises and makes a spectacle of that old way. He recreates creation with a new vision for humanity. And he does not just do this for us. He does it in order to set an example and then invites us to follow him. And so there is no better Example, no better way to embody our allegiance to that way of Jesus than through the sacrament of baptism. We are faced with this choice. Which way will we choose? How are we going to walk? And in baptism, we get to meaningfully embody our choice. We get to recognize and surrender to the reality of God's kingdom. We participate in the great pattern that we are crucified with Christ, we are buried with him in baptism, we are hidden with Christ in God, and we are raised to walk in newness of life. And so baptism through the generations has been the church's way of welcoming someone into the family of God, of anchoring them into that identity. They pierced Jesus' side, and what came out? Blood and water right? Blood and water. And so the two great sacraments of the church remind us of the blood, the water, that we are caught up in everything that happened to Jesus. What God did for Jesus, he will do for you and I as well. And then he commissions the church. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's